Hi, everyone. I'm Jasmine. I'm Alea, and welcome to Whitman So White, a platform to share BIPOC voices and tell our stories. Before we begin, and because it's our first episode, we would like to introduce ourselves as the co-hosts of Whitman So White and talk about why each of us wanted to co-host the podcast. So again, my name is Jasmine. My pronouns are she, they. I'm a rising junior. Um, I'm a politics major, and I'm from Houston, Texas. And my name is Alea. I use the She series. I am an incoming sophomore, and I'm currently undeclared for my major, but I'm planning on either double majoring in politics and art or majoring in one and minoring in the other. And I am from the Twin Cities, Minnesota. So Jasmine, why don't you start off by telling us why you're interested in co-hosting Women So White? I don't want people to think that this podcast is a voice on behalf of anyone. We aren't speaking for by POC. We're amplifying the by POC voices at Whitman. This is an outlet, it's a platform, and it's a safe space. White people at Whitman don't have an excuse for not having resources to learn or opportunities to listen to by POC voices. This podcast kind of adds to that plethora of resources at their disposal. So the voices featured will be voices of your peers, people you eat with, people you walk past, people you have class with play sports with, live with. This is your community, and we are begging you to listen. Also, we plan on having episodes that spotlight particular by POC witties in order to shout out their businesses, artwork, poetry, and other dope accomplishments. So if you'd like for Whitman So White to spotlight your work, please reach out to us. While we cover serious topics, we're also celebrating the beauty and accomplishments of by POC witties. For some background for those of you who don't follow me on Instagram, I created this podcast out of inspiration from a conference I attended in the fall of 2019. I, along with Leia and other witties, attended the Pacific Northwest Students of Color Conference at Willamette University. One of the events that they spoke about was their Willamette So White event that celebrated POC voices, and that was a POC-only event. So with a huge thanks to the POC at Willamette, who hosted us last year, and a huge thanks to the Intercultural Center for funding our trip to the conference, Whitman So White is a project I'm proud to work on with Alea. With that being said, we welcome everyone to listen and give us feedback. Share this podcast, support those who appear in our podcast, while also supporting every single by POC at Whitman. So what about you, Alea? Yeah, as Jasmine was saying, I also want a function of Whitman So White to be an outlet for historically underrepresented voices so they can be heard and feel heard. Amplification is my personal interest in this podcast. And I think a lot of people within the BIPOC community, as well as outside of it, are interested in building a consciousness around different experiences. I hope that Whitman So White is an outlet for listeners and people who participate in the episodes to gain awareness and empathy for one another. I think this is especially important between um, BIPOC affinities and hopefully we'll also be able to gain some allies outside of the BIPOC community who listen to this podcast. I think there is always a risk of being accused of exclusion when forming affinities or amplifying voices that do not get as much attention or recognition, especially in regards to topics of race. And whether we face those accusations or not, and this may be an ambitious goal, but I want the empathy and listening skills from people who engage with this podcast to carry into discussions, especially discussions of social issues in class where they're often intellectualized and separated from personal experience. 
So now that you've gotten to know both of us a little bit better, we'll move on to the actual content of the episode. In preparation for this episode, we asked our followers what role they wanted Whitman So White to be for the BIPOC community and more broadly the Whitman community. Today we'll be commenting on their responses. The first response is from Daniel Dang. He said, I think I would like to see more encouragement for BIPOC to join affinity clubs that they identify with. I know that for me, when I got here, I was a little shy to go join one because I didn't want the Whitman community to think I was still an Asian kid so I can fit in with the quote-unquote culture here. It turns out that seeing people who look like and have the similar backgrounds as you is one of the most comforting feelings you could have at a PWI. I agree. Being around people who already have similar experiences as you and understanding your background from a personal perspective can give you a sense of community and comfort in a new place. I know that I found that at Whitman with the FGWC community, and I hope that this podcast will also offer that to new people as well. Yeah, I would agree. I did find um, the FGWC community really comforting when I got here. Um, the BIPOC community is definitely a home to me as well in my experience transitioning to PWI. All of the schools I attended from elementary school to high school were predominantly Latinx, and so coming to Whitman was definitely a slap in the face. Um, listen to Daniel. So our next response was from Vic Diaz. They said, force Whitman to cease the policing and surveillance of BIPOC students. Force them to tear down the colonizer statue and change the entirety of their school. Yeah, I'm constantly confused over why people have such a deep relationship or attachment to Confederate or colonizer statues. It's really simple not to praise terrible people. I just don't get it, honestly. Um, While we can't force Whitman to do anything, we can definitely spotlight this issue and bring it to their attention. Yeah, and from what I've gathered from my almost full year on Whitman's campus is that this issue has been brought up to the administration many times in the past few years um, by by POC folks without any significant change or attention from the admin. And like Jasmine said, we definitely want to highlight this recurring problem. Another response is from Hannah Morrell. Um, their response focused on this issue of one by POC representing an entire group, which of course becomes really problematic. Um, additionally, this idea of dependency on by POC to teach and host discussions as if it's their responsibility Um, so that was really highlighted in their response. Yeah, and I think one of the most effective ways that classroom culture and topics around race can, you know, steer away from exhausting by POCs is through white-on-white accountability. When white people see other white people doing research on their own or a white person calls out another white person in class, that's what I consider allyship. And that's using your voice as a white privileged person to distribute the emotional labor and help carry some of that weight. Yeah. Google's free, pretty accessible. Stop depending on your bi POC peers to teach you. It's not their job. Stop expecting it to be. Our next response was from Eric Correa. They said, I don't know if someone else mentioned this, but honestly, I'd love for this platform to call out Whitman or also known as Whiteman's treatment of bi POC throughout the college's history. Yeah, this is totally a given. I think that though the information is widely available, there's not enough initiative um, to actually read the history and the information that's out there. Um, We're committing to doing an episode that reads through and talks about this history. Another response was from Wako Soma, and they said, I would love to hear people's BIPOC experiences at Whitman, both good and bad, so that I can relate or get advice about problems or challenges they faced both in a classroom setting as well as like something outside of that 
um, in a program, club, internship, um, or working or volunteering. Honestly, I'm open to anything. I think that this is going to have such a huge impact. I really hope that BIPOC listening to this podcast can find our content meaningful and maybe connect it with their experiences, um, like Waka mentioned. If anyone listening to this does want to talk about their experiences with these things, please feel free to reach out to either Alay or I. Another response is from Jennifer Wong. They specifically referred to BIPOC humor to be highlighted within our podcast. They said, quote, Whitman has a specific, quote unquote, culture, rock climbing, um, outdoor program trips, Patagoochee, which is often synonymous with white people. PNW culture is ingrained in our jokes, our memes, and it would be fun to disrupt that. We don't all vibe with the same stuff. I want to make sure by POC don't feel pressured to resonate with that if they're not interested. There's nothing wrong with that, but if that's the only thing that Whitman culture is associated with, then I don't want it. Yeah, when I was a first year, I definitely felt intimidated by the outdoor culture at Whitman. And as someone new and not as interested in the outdoors as some witties are, I wasn't really sure where to look for other creative outlets. And I think that the things we'll talk about and who we'll talk about them with on this podcast will help give attention to the other things to get involved with on campus other than the outdoor programs that we have. Those are all the responses we received, but we're always taking responses and feedback. So please feel free to reach out to us. Um, DM us on our Instagram at Whitman So White. That's all the content that we have for you today. And we want to thank everyone who responded with their input. Lastly, we wanted to announce that a new episode of Whitman So White will be released every Monday. You can stream Whitman So White on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. We hope that this episode left you with something to think about, and we'll be back next week with a new episode of Whitman So White.